What's up, guys? It's Arif. And this is Arish. And welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. We have an incredible show lineup for you guys. We're going to start off by doing a week two NFL recap where we're going to talk about the biggest surprises and biggest disappointments from week two. And then we're going to do a look ahead into week three, which matchups are the best and our predictions for those matchups. We're also going to talk about the latest on Ben Simmons' trade drama and what's happening with the 76ers and who are the best partners to trade for Ben Simmons. And then obviously our weekly segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks, to help you guys decide who to start in fantasy football and this week for week three. So my biggest surprise in week two was probably the Ravens beating the Chiefs. I would have picked the Chiefs to win, but Lamar Jackson played amazing in that game. In fact, in that game, Lamar Jackson had 239 passing yards, a touchdown, 107 yards rushing, and two touchdowns rushing. So he played an amazing game, and still the Chiefs were able to put up 35 points, and they didn't end up winning. And my biggest disappointment was probably the New Orleans Saints losing 26-7 to to the Carolina Panthers. The Saints, James Winston only had 111 yards rushing, I mean passing, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. And they only scored one touchdown on James Winston, rushing touchdown. Um, and receiving only Marquise Callaway and Alvin Kamara had over one reception, which isn't great. And the Panthers just played a really great game. Sam Darnold is starting to show that he'd be better. He is better with a better head coach and supporting cast. But I just think that James Winston will have to go back to what he was in the first game, throwing five touchdown passes, and he'll have to be better. And looking ahead, my two, um, the two games that I'm most excited about are probably the Buccaneers versus the Rams. That's going to be a really good game. And... Um, I think that it's going to be a really high-scoring game, and the Buccaneers are going to pull up, pull out on top. But I really see a way that Matthew Stafford could pull out a victory too. And Cooper Cup is doing insane. He's the number one wide receiver for fantasy. That just is going to show. They also have Robert Woods. They have Daryl Henderson, Matthew Stafford, uh, Higby. Their tight ends are pretty good, and of course Cooper Cup. And then, obviously, their defense, I believe, the best defense in the league. And then it's just the Buccaneers, which a lot of people are predicting them to go 17-0. and I think that's going to be a really good game. And I'm also really excited for the Monday night game, the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Now, there's going to be uh, – there's – I know for a fact that Keanu Neal isn't going to be playing for the Cowboys – and Zach Ertz was activated. So there are going to be some injuries on different teams. But I think it will be a pre- pretty evenly uh, game. Pre- pretty evenly spaced out game. Where it will be close for a lot of the game. But I believe Dallas will be able to pull away. And they are leading the NFL in takeaways. And I believe that they will still be leading the NFL in takeaways after week two. When they come out with the win to become 2-1. and one And lead the division with... They'll be leading the division, I believe, against um the NFC East. Okay, my dis- my biggest disappointment for what for week two is actually going to be the Steelers because we see they've been so hyped up. Najee Harris has been so hyped up, and you cannot credit this this horrible disparity between the score to be 
Najee Harris's fault. It's not. It's more the offensive line's fault than Najee Harris. I know he made stuff happen on the ground, especially with the, I mean, on the passing game, especially with the 25-yard touchdown. But you cannot blame this on him. The Raiders have been playing incredible lately. Darren Waller has been getting the, has been going crazy. Um, I don't think so. I think Darren Waller only went, did really well. In the first game. In the second game, he didn't do he that. He had though. 5 for 65. He still did good. 5 Derek for 65 Carr, isn't going crazy. For a tight end, it is. I know not for Darren Waller's norm, it is not. But I, even for a tight end, I don't believe it's going okay, crazy. Okay, but Derek, Derek Carr has been going, been doing really, really well. And the Steelers' defense is really showing up to not be what they're hyped up to be. I get TJ Watt was injured in that game. But still, they are not showing up to be what they were expected to be. And I think that the Steelers actually go... Eight and nine this year, below five hundred, just because of how they've been playing as of late. Unless they make a gigantic t- correction and turn hundred and eighty degrees and fix this, my biggest surprise was that the was actually I know they lost, but the Texans they have been the Texans. T- Tyrod Taylor was showing was proving to be a really good quarterback for them. Uh, David Mills came in. The Thursday night game already happened, and we saw what happened. But against the Browns in Week 2, David Mills showed up to 8 for 18, 102 yards, and a touchdown, and one pick. For a rookie, that's for coming in for an injured person, that's really good. And Brandon Cooks has been has been shown to be the real deal, especially on this horrible Texans team. He's easily the number one wide receiver and cannot be contained. So we, we see, even though the Texans lost only by 10 to the Browns, we see that the Texans are really coming to play, and I think that the Texans actually will have close to the same record as the Steelers, not as bad as they're projected to be. Um, and for Week 3, my biggest, the two games I'm most excited for, the first game is at 1 o'clock. It's the Chargers versus the Chiefs. The reason I'm super excited for this is, first, it's uh, Justin Herbert. I think he's bound to have a ba- uh, bounce back for the past the past two times last year he played the Chiefs, he exploded, had over 300 yards, multiple passing touchdowns, only one pick. So he's been doing really well against the Chiefs in his career. And the first start he ever made was actually against the Chiefs when Tyrod Taylor had a punctured lung. He's had horrible injury uh, luck. But that's when Justin Herbert made his first start. And this is a nut- this is a chance for Justin Herbert to get back on track and to really disrupt Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense when uh, the Chiefs are playing away at Arrowhead. That'll be a tough game, but I think the Chargers come out on top 28-22. to 22. And then my second, the, the game I'm mo- second most excited for is the uh, Washington versus Bills. Also looks like to, looks to be a really good game. Josh Allen has been struggling under 18 fantasy points per game in the last two games, and Washington's defense has been doing relatively well. They didn't do well against the Giants, but otherwise they've been doing well. And Terry McLaurin is uh, has been exploding lately, and with Taylor Heineke, who actually signed a deal with Bud Light instead of Heineke. I thought that was pretty funny. But Taylor Heineke has been doing well, and that chemistry with uh, uh, Terry McLaurin's there. And J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson out of the backfield is a really good pairing, and I think they'll be able to uh, disrupt the Bills' front seven, and they should go for multiple touchdowns. Washington will come out on top on this game. And uh, and that should be a really good game. I think Washington's D stops Josh Allen again, and then there's a bunch of questions about Josh Allen's credibility after his breakout last year. So Ben Simmons actually stated that he will not play another game with the 76ers and will not touch the court for the 76ers in the rest of his career, or at least for now. So I think Ben Simmons was obviously one of the big, one of the players that was supposed to get traded during the NBA draft that did not. And then you, we also saw that in the playoffs last year, he was one of the biggest disappointments that was in the playoffs. 
And that I would attribute Ben Simmons to be one of the main reasons why the 76ers lost in the playoffs. So I think it's perfectly perfectly good for Ben Simmons to say that he's not going to play another uh, game for the 76ers. And the 76ers should have done this trade last season. They should not have waited this long. I know that they want a lot in return because Ben Simmons does have potential. But we see that he has not been able to show up to be the player that the 76ers wanted him to be. And so now he is not going to play another game for the 76ers. So who are the biggest partners? I think that he could go to the Knicks. The Knicks have a lot of trade um, trade bait. They were also uh, uh, reportedly going to trade for Damian Lillard a couple of months ago. So if they have the potential to trade for Damian Lillard, they definitely have the potential to trade for Ben Simmons, especially putting him alongside that young uh, cast that I think will make it really far this year and make a good run in the postseason. Adding him to that roster, I get that his shooting's not the best, he, but he is a very big defensive presence in the paint, and he's a very good defensive player. That's what he's known for, and his drive, he's basically all, he operates fully in the paint. So it's a that's a great fit for the Knicks. Also, another fit, I think the Cavaliers could also make a trade for him. I know that the Cavaliers have been also not been the best team, but they have Darius Garland, Kevin Porter Jr., and Colin Sexton. And putting Ben Simmons alongside that, that's just ultra-star power. And th all three of those are relatively young, and adding Ben Simmons, who's also relatively young, to that roster gives them a bunch of depth, and can they can spread the field and play better defense because that's what Ben Simmons is known for. Okay, so... I think that this isn't a great situation for the 76ers, but there's a real opportunity for them to get another veteran point guard in John Wall. I believe that a Rockets 76ers what? trade would be very good. The Rockets and John Wall, both parties have agreed that it would be better for them to move on, and the Rockets are trying to find a trade for John Wall, and I think this is the perfect situation to trade point guards the Rockets are clearly rebuilding and trying to build around their young point guards and their young guards and forwards. John Wall for Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think John Wall... That's not fair at all. I think John Wall and a couple of picks or maybe players okay, for yeah. Ben Simmons would be pretty fair. I'm just listing the main points. I think that would, that would be a pretty fair trade. And Ben Simmons has been... He's already stopped talking with his friends he rejected meetings with his teammates. He stopped talking with the organization. He does not want to be on the 76ers. And I think that they're going to have to trade him. And this is what a lot of stars are starting to do. I think this could become a situation that Damian Lillard might do further down the road. But the point is that Ben Simmons clearly does not want to be in, on, in the 76ers organization. And that's going to force a trade. And I think there's a big opportunity for John Wall and Joel Embiid to be working together, as well as Tobias Harris and Tobias Harris and Matisse Thybul, because they have a good supporting cast. And I believe John Wall can take them to the next level for them to become finals contenders. You really think John Wall on the 76ers would work with I do. Joel Embiid? Especially with how many times John Wall has been traded in the past few years because he has not been good. Yeah, I think the chemistry between those would really be good. And he would be able to share the ball. He's not much of a shoot-first guy. He's more of a pass-first guy. And he would love feeding the ball to Embiid, who was, I believe, second-ranked in 
MVP contention last year. So they have a MVP on their hands, I believe. A future but MVP. then if John Wall's not a shooter, how is that that attention that Ben Simmons attracted in the paint that let Joel Embiid get so good? How is John Wall going to attract that attention and let Joel Embiid be good? That I doesn't make any sense. I said he's a pass-first person. It does make sense. I know he's a pass-first person, that, but okay. he's not going to attract but, the but, attention that Ben Simmons did in the paint because Ben Simmons is a paint presence on offense. And That's he, what he's John known Wall for. John Wall is a paint presence as well as a perimeter presence, and John Wall can also shoot. All I said was that it's pass-first, and it's not. it's not right for you to say... That, that doesn't make sense because it does. Because John Wall is not... He can't only pass. He can definitely shoot. And he's been on all-star teams. And he's been very good in the past. And that's what the 76ers are hoping can happen. Again, I think if they trade for him... How would that trade work out for the Rockets, though? If Ben Simmons went there, how would that work for the Rockets? Especially with Jalen Green there, I, how would that work? Because I believe that Ben Simmons is a good point guard. He just didn't want to do it with that organization. So they're going to have to be careful with him and handle him in a better way than they did with the Harden situation. And they can build around him because no matter what people say, he is a star. He's, or he, people could argue he's a superstar. He might not be the best player out there, but he is one of the best. And he's young too, so people can build around him. Did you just say... That Ben Simmons stopped trying because he didn't want to play for the 76ers? I never said that Is that what you just implied? You no, just said I Ben Simmons didn't try. Like you just said Ben Simmons no, didn't, didn't want to play for the 76ers. I never said that. I said he didn't want... He didn't like their organization. He didn't want to play for them. That has nothing to do with him not trying. You're taking this such the wrong way. And you're not understanding what I'm saying. That's not what I said at all. I said he does not want to play for this organization. And that's obvious because he doesn't. he's trying to get traded. So my first pick is going to be Derek Carr. He's only rostered in 48% of leagues. So you should be able to get him. And you have chance, chances are that you're going to get him. Now, in 2021, he's boomed twice. In two games, busted, obviously none. And the first game, 27 points. Second game, 24 points. He is leading the league in passing yards. And he's playing very good football. He's projected 18.8 He's projected 18.8 points. But I believe he will do a lot better than 18.8 points. I believe he'll be able to get over 23 points and he'll be a very good starting quarterback this week. Even if you don't need him to start, it'd be very useful to pick him up as a backup because he might outplay your starter. He's been doing very, very well. And this week, he's playing Miami, so he should be able to shred them up. And my second pick is Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore's projected 12.6 points, and he's boomed one time, busted none. He, to this week, is going to play the Jaguars, and... Last game, he had 24.4 points after getting 10 points in the opener. I believe that Rondo Moore is going to do very well as he's playing the Jaguars. And he was rostered in about 11% of leagues, but that number has gone up drastically because this week. And as I was... As we were thinking about this, the number wasn't this high, but now it's at 68.4, and you still should be able to get him. But it'll be 
It'll, it, you might not be able to, but if you do, he's going to be a very good wide receiver, maybe even a number one or number two wide receiver, if not a flex. And last week, he had eight targets, seven receptions, 114 yards, a touchdown. So he's proving that he can catch the ball on his targets. And the Cardinals are, as Matthew Berry says, the Cardinals are manufacturing touches for him. They want him to get the ball because he's a very big playmaker. I was really high on him on Purdue. I believe I believed that he should have been drafted earlier in the first round, like earlier than the second round in the first round, and he's proving that here. He's very good. He's averaging 21.1 points, and he's boomed once out of two games, busted none. Okay, so my first pick is going to be Daniel Jones. He's obviously playing a very good or very bad secondary. Atlanta, who's ranked last in the league, uh, you see Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, is really getting Daniel Jones designed runs because Saquon Barkley is out. And I think Saquon Barkley will have a relatively good week this week after bouncing back. But Saquon will not be able to be full, fully healthy, which means Daniel Jones is going to still be running a lot. Last week, Daniel Jones had 9 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. The week before, 6 for 27 and a touchdown. So he's, he's really getting, he's getting gains on the ground. And his passing is very good. He's taking what the defense is offering him. And we see Sterling Shepard is really proving to be a very good wide receiver. He's outplaying Kenny Galladay right now. And he's been a really, really big surprise. I would say you can also start him this this week as a wide receiver too because he's playing Atlanta. But Daniel Jones should be a top five quarterback this week, especially because they're playing a horrible secondary. And Kenny Galladay should be able to get it going. And Saquon should just should take some attention from that offense and make open lanes for Daniel Jones to run and also pass. And Evan Ingram's back too. That only helps the case for him. My second pick is actually going to be Tim Patrick, who's playing the Jets. I get that they're the third best secondary in the league as of now, but Tim Patrick is really stepped in for Jerry Judy, making the most of his touches and converting touchdowns on both of his first two games. Had four targets in both games, around 30, not 38 yards average per game. He had a hip injury. He's back, though. Only rostered in 14% of leagues. Easily snack him. He's a very good player to start at a flex this week, especially because Denver should get down early. I get that it's it's weird saying Denver should get down to the Jets, but I think the Denver will start losing to the Jets early, especially because they don't have Jerry Judy, and their running back is not very good, and they don't know. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are not like they're not explosive right now. So get Tim Patrick. They should be behind early, and they will be throwing the ball a lot. I expect Tim Patrick to have at least seven targets, probably five or six catches. So make sure you start Tim Patrick, uh, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, and Rondell Moore. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll catch you guys next week on the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. Uh-huh.